recording three two one hello mark we are here today with mark gustafson yes sir how you doing ali great uh mark is founder of uh story bike and ceo of spin lister ceo and owner of spin lister yes sir spin lister. great uh, great to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. I didn't know we we're doing video, so I'm in my Sunday finest for oh, the pool side later Sunday, today. Sunday, yeah. Relaxation Sunday, on a yeah, Sunday. We just relax. So. Yeah. Okay, so um, what did the first question I mean I was reading about the story bike? Tell us more about like how did you start it though? What, yeah, how did for you... story bikes? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was a competitive cyclist back in high school and early 20s, mm-hmm. and and then went to UCSB big cycling school, and I've done anything and everything when it comes to I've had multiple fitness patents and engineering import a lot of different things from overseas and uh probably about four years ago now uh, my partner and i in story bikes mm. um we're in santa monica uh we got on some electric bikes for the first time and like man these things are amazing yeah. like it made us want to get back on bikes like we rode in college so but all the bikes then especially four years ago still now were ridiculously expensive ugly heavy and so I set out to like design an electric bike that I actually wanted to, to ride. Yeah. And then, uh, so that was just kind of a fun little project on the side of everything else we were doing. And the bike came along great, got our first couple prototypes made. And, uh, but at the same time, a couple of my, my two business partners on story bikes, Jason Lamb and Matt Soros, we all went to college together and we always wanted to do a business together, but we, we didn't want us to do a product. So I've done products, products are whatever, and you sell it individual product and the brand dies but we wanted to actually build a brand yeah and we wanted to build a brand that had like a bigger purpose mm-hmm. and so i actually spent some time <clears throat> over in kenya years ago with a buddy of mine and his uh sister was really involved with this wheelchair mission it was mobilizing people globally uh that had disabilities but just seeing the lack of transportation mm-hmm. and how simple transportation like a wheelchair or a bicycle and so we decided to make story bikes and hence the name, that's where the name came from, uh, was so it's a, the true one-for-one one model. So for every story electric bike we sell, uh, we knew we wanted to donate a bike, a non-electric bike. And so through that, we actually found an organization called World Bicycle Relief. It's been doing it for years. Mm. And oh, so you found the organization? We well. found World Bicycle Relief and uh, became fast friends in our mission. Oh. And... Uh, it made the ability to really scale this a lot easier. So they've been doing it. They've been great partners with us. And uh, they have a well-built bike that they've built from the ground up that's designed for you know third world countries, mm-hmm. has a big payload in the back so they can transport it for 300 pounds of uh, water product to market. So, <clears throat> and I'll go a little bit later. So Story Bikes progressed is our project, fun project, and uh, launched on Kickstarter, successfully funded it. Mm-hmm. You know, continue to bootstrap the whole time ourselves, got our first production run done and uh, did our first donation through World Bicycle Relief. And then everyone was loving the bikes, the style of the bike, the price of the bike, everything. We just kind of mm-hmm. nailed it on the head, uh, especially from, an, you know, kind of targeted the look of someone that wanted a cool bike for the west side of L.A. But yeah. honestly, that model scales everywhere. And then uh, last year. Uh, fall of last year, we were lucky enough to get picked up by Oprah Magazine. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were Oprah's favorite things on our Christmas list. I know, yeah. So uh, there's a lot more to Story Bikes, which led to Spin Lister, which we're going to get into. We talk about Spin Lister. But on, uh, so that just grew the company. 
to be in a fun passion project to be on a real company. Mm. And uh, with that, my two partners, I would, someone had to stay back and manage the emails that were coming in from mm. Oprah. But uh, them and my brother actually got to take my place, went to Zimbabwe uh, oh. over Thanksgiving this last year, and we did a 120 bike donation uh, with World Bicycle Relief. And the bikes just transformed these kids' lives. I mean, a bike is the most valuable thing these families own. I mean, and all for transportation. And transportation. Really so the kids getting to school, these kids are walking yeah. six, seven, eight miles to school. It take them three to four hours each way. They had to get water, bring it to their parents can use it to take product to the, you know, the market on the weekends. I mean, this bike transforms their lives. I mean, it was a, um, just a total eye opener for my partners. And it was just great to get to show people where their donations are going. So story bikes name is like, you're creating a story for yourself, you know, yeah. here, here in our world, but we actually have a, a pen pal type thing where if you want, you could fill out a card and the, the recipient of the bike that's donated on your behalf can read it and, create that relationship. So Story Bikes is is thriving and mm -hmm. pride ourselves in a beautiful electric bike. Oh, what differentiates us, since I guess this is a podcast no one can't see, Story Bikes, one are affordable, but we have a proprietary design with the battery hidden inside the frame. Mm. Um, so no one knows you're on an electric bike. It's great. So you're just okay. flying up a hill, and no, we will pull out the uh, the website, you know, like the videos when like when folks got watching it awesome. on YouTube. Yeah, so, so check it out, storybicycles.com. Yeah, even though in the description, so they can see all the links, you know, to yeah. the store, so they can like get it all. Tell me we'll make a promo code too. I'll give you a promo code. Really? People can use the little discount. Okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for all audience. So what about the? Uh, tell me about the Oprah. What was your re reaction to me? Yeah, I mean it was amazing. Huge, so we were it was super last minute. They curate that list starting now for Christmas, mm -hmm. and uh, she got her eyes on her bike, found out about it, and they were the week before they were making their final decision. So I got on a plane with a bike, flew out to Oprah Magazine headquarters in New York, hand delivered the bike to the magazine just in time, and it was an amazing experience. I mean, we didn't quite have Dana focusing on the entrepreneurship side, and the yeah. viewers are going to watch this. Uh, unlike a lot of the other companies who knew they were in the running for it for months, we had no prep time. So we weren't, we had to do a lot of pre-orders mm -hmm. because we didn't have the inventory, but still with that, we were really able to capitalize on just the exposure and what it really opened the door to was since then in the exposure there, we've been able to get in all like the gifting suites for the Grammys, the Oscars, Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. um, there's a private artist party for Coachella. They want us to do all these things where a brand would have to pay tens to twenty thousands of dollars to get in the door mm -hmm. because of the philanthropic mission that we have and Oprah magazine these uh, opportunities are opening left and right so oh. yeah we're gonna be the bike of celebrities I mean we just dropped off bikes I mean <clears throat> some of the Academy Award winners Golden Globes yeah. uh, a husband and wife couple that is probably the best known artist in the world I can't want to say their names but you could probably guess if <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah so that's been great Great. So uh, now about the spin lister. Yes. I think it's crushing. Spin lister. So that is where I, you know, that's my full time. It's we're going full speed ahead. So the quick mm -hmm. backstory on spin lister. Spin lister has been around the Airbnb for bikes uh, in the industry since about 2013. Yeah. And uh, with story bikes, I knew that direct to consumer retail selling a product is fading, especially in a bigger product like a bicycle. Uh, the demand for fleets of bicycles and hotels, office complexes like WeWork yeah. uh, was up. And so as Sport Bikes, as we were going to all these places, like, great, we love your bikes. We want them at our properties. 
but they wanted a better way to manage them. So I was already working on some smart locks partnerships and technology that would enable these hmm. places to manage these bikes in a technical way. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, I found Spinlister and we started talking about a partnership and because even though Spinlister is global, over 100 countries mm-hmm. around the world, 30,000 bikes lesson on the platform right now, which is going to have a zero on it by the end of the year. Oh. And uh, if I have anything to do with it. And the uh, original seed investor who took over, refounder, CEO, uh, Marcelo from Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, happened to also live on the west side of L.A. We had a phone call. We're like, we got to go to lunch. Yeah. Went to lunch, hit it off. Uh, everything that I was doing and the vision of what Spinlister could be was what he always knew needed to happen. Uh, but he had the incredible opportunity. This was uh, winter of beginning of last year, like February of last year, 2018. And he knew that he had the opportunity to be the only electric dockless scooter company in Brazil. Oh. So out of nowhere, he said he had to he was going to turn the lights off or sell Spinlister and run off to Brazil and launch this company. And uh, he had some some quarters already at this time. We talked. To, I was going to this meeting to meet him, not knowing Spinlister was on the table as a pop, possible acquisition uh-huh. and left saying, I'm taking over Spinlister. And uh, he had it in escrow with somebody else. They asked for an extension. Marcelo mm-hmm. denied their extension and because he didn't want to be partners with them, didn't believe in their vision. It was last year. This was, yeah, about this. We're now talking about March of last year. And uh, so it took a little while to get all the business sides work out, made it happen. Uh, he went off to Brazil, launched a scooter company called Ride, uh, has since then been acquired by the Mexican scooter company called Grin. Uh-huh. Uh, that company just raised over $100 million as a conglomerate. So good move on him. Still a minority partner of mine, an advisor, mm-hmm. great guy, uh, living full time with his family in Brazil now. And uh, so with Spinlister, I knew the biggest thing we needed to get rid of was the need for the face-to-face transaction, you know, the yeah. Airbnb style. So Spinlister really grew when they got their bike shops on board. And so I took over, silently relaunched January 1st of this year, 2019. <clears throat> but what we're doing and what we're, we've been preparing ourselves to do since summer of last year as we started working on these partnerships is it doesn't matter if you're on the west side of L.A., Texas, Dubai, mm-hmm. anywhere you've seen micromobility blow up in these last couple of years. You know, there's bird scooters, jump bikes, everything everywhere. Yeah. And it's great. People are finally realizing there's another way to get around other than your car, especially that. Yeah, fun. because of all the traffic here, I mean. Oh, I mean, you live in L.A. I mean. Yeah. Tell me well, about crazy the traffic, though. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And then even though you cannot walk all the time. Exactly. So the best one is the bikes, though. Exactly. Well, that's a whole other thing of, of we could talk about later. And I'll finish telling my story so you yeah, can go talk a little bit. <laughs> yeah. hogging, hogging the mic here. But uh, I get excited when I talk about it. But now what we're doing with Spinlister is we're empowering. So all these mm-hmm. bike shops, the bike industry uh, can do two things right now. They can go out of business, like some of them are. The largest yeah. bicycle chain in the country, Performance Bike, just declared bankruptcy. But more people are riding bikes and scooters than ever. So how do they capitalize on what's going on? Uh, <clears throat> so we're taking, we actually just... By the time this airs, it'll be on the App Store. It's called Spin There, S-P-I-N-T-H-E-R-E. Uh, it operates separately than Spin Lister. Uh, but we have new technology. We have a partnership with a Bluetooth U-Lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a scooter partner. And it enables anybody of, of any size from a one-off shop guy that wants to rent out one bike 
to the city of Los Angeles that wants to take over all the dockless transportation in the county to run their own fleets of bikes, scooters, whatever. We're doing some beta testing uh, in a co-living house here in Venice right now. They have three locations. They're mm-hmm. using our locks. Uh, if you're a member of this co-living place, they get to use the bikes for free. If you're staying there, there's a daily fee, but it's still a private fleet. Uh-huh. Uh, we're working with WeWork down in Playa Vista where my offices are. They have a couple bikes on our system. Um, <clears throat> so, and then I just got where it really gets exciting is empowering the transportation departments. And so I just got back from the National Bike Summit in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And Spinlister's big thing from the past was always looking at the bottom line of quarterly, like where can we get revenue? And, and that's not my vision at all. It's getting people on there as active users, the place to find bikes. And so at the Bike Summit, I mean, we have partnerships from the League of American Bicyclists to the Professional Mechanics Association. The list goes on and on from just the partnership side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the actual functionality of Spin there, on a small scale, I'll show you something that just happened is we had a mobile bike mechanic in a small town in South Carolina. He okay. heard we were doing U-locks, even though we haven't launched it yet. He's been, he's been reaching out to us, really excited. So the city council and mayor had a budget to buy bikes for their city. Mm-hmm. They haven't let any of the dockless companies in. The city's too small to launch their own. And so the city's buying bikes. The mechanic bought our U-locks. Yeah. The city can manage who uses these bikes where they ride the bikes. Is it a free membership for 55 and over and paid for others or free for everybody or mm-hmm. any way they want. They get to see the data, everything like that. And uh, we're talking remember the Hyatt corporate, all these major residential complexes that want bikes, want scooters, want anything, right? That's mobility, but they don't want the liability. So we're partnering up with all the mobile bike mechanics, bike shops, entrepreneurs, and giving them a place to have these fleets. Um, the, what really gets like the hotels and property management companies excited, Bird and Lime and everybody courts them and they have no control over where it's rented, who's rents it, mm-hmm. where it has to be parked. Um, so that goes back to the bike summit I was just at. So every national, state, local bicycle coalition, uh, city transportation departments, every college and university transportation director wants to test out the new spin there. They have either completely banned the birds, the lines, the jumps of the world, uh, or they're allowing them and they don't like how it's operating. Yeah. So we're going to go in and work in from the ground up to help them. And, and they, we're just enabling them with technology and a platform to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll have the bike shops and the mechanics to help them thrive and give them new business. And uh, we're just going to be the one spot to rent a bike either if it's on demand and you need to use it for transportation mm-hmm. or you're going on a trip to Colorado and you want a high-end mountain bike for the week, yeah, we're going to be the spot to do it. So big okay. year here for Spin Yeah, big year though. Huge that year. That's what I was thinking though. It's going to be a lot of like planning and then, uh, yeah. Good luck. I think it's really going to crash yeah. the market. Well, I'm excited to uh, get you in this week Yeah, while the team's all in town and uh, We've been excited to get you on board. We've just, yeah. We're one of the few startups because we're like a startup, but we're also, since I took over, we're in startup mode again, but we're also a company with a big customer audience, really good SEO, uh-huh. lots of traffic already. So we're like in this weird phase right now where we really don't want a lot of traffic yet because yeah. we're just nurturing the rentals that are happening and making sure everything's happening. But Yeah, we would not- love to. I mean, like for Looking LA to be your oh. marketing partner. That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, that'd be I'm, really great. I've met a lot of people with Story Bikes. I've used a lot of different companies, agencies. <clears throat> it, they either underperform yeah. or work themselves out of a job. I mean, yeah. I can, 
I can manage an ad roll or a Facebook campaign that's already set up. So, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm investing in another company I'm partnering with called Cloud Cover Media. It's like the Spotify for businesses. Mm-hmm. And all of their marketing is uh, content and SEO optimization. Mm-hmm. And they're crushing it. You mm-hmm. know, and that's, you got to tell people. And Facebook ads, Instagram ads, even influencers really don't convert anywhere in the way they used to. I mean, 12, when Facebook ads first launched when I was in college, I used to just do straight arbitrage. I'd mm-hmm. sign up for affiliate campaigns for a protein powder. I'd post a picture on a Facebook ad of the protein powder, mm-hmm. not tell them why they needed anything, just a freaking yeah. picture. And it would convert and make me money. Yeah, no. Well, the problem, I mean, like we always advise business owners in marketing is to have this strategy. Without the marketing strategy to know what it exactly is coming, you know, in terms of the campaigns, your pic- if it's the pictures, the videos, the messages, you know, the tagline. So everything should be collected and written as a strategy. Mm-hmm. You have to have this marketing strategy in the, in the head of running any campaign. So the problem mainly we see from the prospects coming to us and say like, yeah, we are running this campaign for the last six months or like two years maybe. And we don't get any results. And we look at the campaigns, we see like, okay, the campaigns are set, you know, because it's easy to set up the campaigns on Facebook or like Google ads. But the problem is with the strategy. If you wanted to you know, expand your business or scale up, you have to have those strategy to know exactly what to implement next month. You know, how many like videos with what messages, you know, you're going to need. Again, like in the content marketing, the SEO, uh, because SEO would be, it's really big though, you know, but the people now think, okay, it's maybe my tag, I mean, the meta descriptions only, but uh, optimizing your contents and the number of the content that you have to like develop per month, you know, it's increased now. Like four years ago, if you would have like two blogs per month, that would be maybe good, you know, but now it's like, but uh, one blog for seven people. That's huge. So, yeah. so we need to scale up the content development also, you know, the content marketing in general. Yeah. I think it'd be great. I'd love to it'd be good, I think, for everyone listening is I hear a lot of different strategies with, with content publishing and, mm-hmm. and backlinks to get that good SEO optimization. So educate me on the difference of us posting a bunch of Spinlister blogs on Spinlister's blog yeah. versus is it good or bad? Let's say we write a nice piece of content and we go out to a couple dozen different <coughs> bloggers where our yeah. blog makes sense and they publish it on their blog with backlinks to Spinlister. Is that going to be good for our SEO or is that same blog everywhere going to be? That would be great though. It is good. That, Even though it's the same content being republished. Yeah, because you're getting the backlinks. Mm-hmm. The important here to create when you're creating the backlink is to get it from the high domain authority websites. Okay. So this is what you're saying is exactly the issue. I mean, like one of the problems that the companies face is they pay like 100 bucks or 50 bucks to like freelancers, you know, they found mm-hmm. to create like uh, a million backlink, you know, and we see a company came to us and say, and we have, they have like 2 million backlinks to their websites, yeah. but the organic traffic is five people per month, <laughs> you know, and we say, uh, and we check out the backlinks, you know, there are, there are websites with the dominant authority like 10, 15, you know, very low. Yeah. And then 
even your target audience would not be in that domain. You know, the domain is like registered in, let's say, India or Indonesia, and then with 80% traffic from like Malaysia. Yeah. So you are not even like meeting your target audience. So when Google is crawling your website, it's mm-hmm. find out that, hey, you're getting 500,000 backlinks from the low domain authority, so they will lower your rank. Gotcha. So if you get 10 backlinks, you know, backlinks from like 10 high domain authority websites, gotcha. that would be perfect. And then this is something that, uh, again, we tell business owners because they pay for creating those backlinks to someone, to freelancers, but they have no clue that, hey, the quality of those links is matter. Yeah. But if, if it was again like six years ago, seven, because the algorithm for Google is keep changing. Yes. It was six years ago. Google would say like, "Oh, these guys have like five hundred thousand backlinks. Great." They couldn't. They wouldn't like gonna change check like the quality of the links. But today is different. Though. They mm-hmm. really look at the quality to find out the best match. You know. Yeah. So yeah, there are, in marketing there are a lot to talk about. You know, it's really really uh, get complicated sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm excited with you because there's. I mean, you go to Spinless right now, <clears throat> depending on where you watch this, our backend tech is very powerful, mm-hmm. but it's old. The UI UX is old, right? Yeah. And we're fortunate enough to get to come in right now and having tens of thousands of organic views a month with zero marketing. Yeah. And we can go to someone like you and be like, hey, before we start paying for ads, how do we optimize this? Like, it's cool to say, I really like the way Airbnb looks. Let's yeah. duplicate it. Mm-hmm. But you know, balancing a data-driven decision right. with design. Because you go to some design marketing firms, it's like, oh, this is a pretty ad and blah, 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 and it's going to convert. Yeah. And then I know just running a lot of campaigns myself or watching other agencies, it's like the most random copy mm-hmm. is the one that like converts like crazy. Yeah. You never would have guessed it. And then you change one little word or whatever, and it's just you can't predict what's going to convert. Mm-hmm. So that's why maybe like from the UI UX, I was thinking of the Spinlister homepage and mm-hmm. getting people there for the first time. They're there for the first time because either they search, rent a bike somewhere and we come up high in the results or someone told them about it or they read it. We're getting a lot of great press. There's a lot of great press out from the past. We got that first visit. That first visit isn't super important unless we're going to start retargeting them with ads, yeah. which is a whole nother conversation. But for that first visit, and us looking at a UI UX redesign, mm-hmm. like what are you gonna look for and how would you best, like you coming in this week, our first strategy is let's make yeah. a really good UI UX overhaul here. Mm-hmm. We have the tech team to, to do what you want. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna like use or put on our site to get some good heat mappings? Like what's your strategy? Yeah, that's, like what are you gonna yeah. push to my team on Thursday? So, so all being data driven, and developing the data-driven marketing strategy, you know, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's 2019. Yeah, you have access to data, so use it. You know, exactly. So what we find, what is most important in uh, collecting those data for data-driven marketing strategy is the behavior of the, your yes. target audience. So when when we're talking about the UI UX or like even the new ads, you know, mm-hmm. so we really talk about the behavior of your audience you know or all the visitors so that's what we're going to monitor you know that's why we want to make sure that we are monitoring why we are like developing and executing the marketing you know and prior to that while we are creating the marketing strategy we wanted to use a data-driven tools you know to all the intelligent marketing tools to get and gather those data 
Yeah. So then we're going to have like the, again, the strategy for collecting those data for like over, let's say uh, two weeks, usually it takes like two to one month for a testing, A-B testing and collecting those data and then analyzing the behavior and interests of the people, you know, and um, everything, you know, the, be- the behavior flow. Then we are going to, we're going to say like, okay, now these are the changes. These are going to be the improvement that we're going to need. And this is going to be your marketing strategy based on all this data that we found, you know. That's going to be really interesting. Developing this strategy is really interesting. Definitely. Yeah, usually for us, it takes, again, two weeks to sometimes, depends on the scope of the project, gets like a month. You know, that's how big and important it is. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, I, like, I think you're going to get super excited with us because we're coming in. I'm going to be able to give you, you know, all the data from the past. And then obviously our huge users, right? Mm-hmm. We have a huge user list for the past, yeah. you know, hundreds of Again, thousands. your organic traffic is organic still traffic. Like thousands of people. Long. And then with even our registered users, though, you know, we know because we use a really good CRM system yeah. and we can do all sorts of really cool targeted stuff. Like when's the last time they logged in? What, what did they search? And since Spinlister, yeah, it's bikes, but there's going to be a... Forget the fact that we're international and the behaviors of international, yeah. even just domestically. I have the, the family going on vacation in Boulder, Colorado, that's looking for a deal and some bikes for the week. I have the millennial that's going to Europe and wants a really cool fixie at his mm-hmm. hotel. I have the, you know, the high end, you know, professional female triathlete traveling somewhere where she can't bring her bike and wants yeah. to find a high end bike. So there's, the user behavior between those could be vastly different, right? Exactly. So how do we utilize, you know, one website with three or four, I mean, really indefinite amount of completely different users with different user behavior? Yeah. So when we are defining the target audiences, you know, and we sell like target, our customers segmentations, you know, they are different and maybe like 10 to 20 with different like interests or behaviors that would be again in the marketing strategy that how to target each one of those. Gotcha. Because it cannot be the same, you know? So there are a lot of like great companies that get, they're getting advantage of using the geo-targeted ads, you know, like Amex is one of them. Mm-hmm. Amex is re- doing really great in marketing. So for example, if you're like close to the airport, you're going to see the ads that, Hey, you're traveling. Maybe you need Amex, you know? Really? That'll be fun. Cause obviously we know where people are traveling. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the new app and yeah, that's something I mean, like need. the, uh, geo-targeting is something that's going to really really help you guys definitely but again it's going to be again like the huge strategy based on those mm-hmm. you know how to target them you know what would be the best like messages or the content you know that would be something that's going to be included in the strategy exactly to make sure that we are thinking about everything you know we have everything we have a clear picture of every aspect of your marketing you know exactly I'm excited I'm excited I mean when you showed me one, you, you're doing something right because I see a million ads a day. Even though I don't go all on of Instagram us, yeah. a lot, but the more you own your own businesses, all I get is agencies and you know business software. Like it's yeah. really funny to watch some a friend's Instagram news feed versus mine. Like the ads are just night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Yours obviously got me yeah. on it. Saw your website. You came in, and I've seen a lot of pitches from the agency side, and the way you can. I was just super blown away by the stuff you were able to pull without even having access to any of my stuff yet, the data. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all or just something I thought about of how I'm, that's the reason we're sitting in this room today and you're coming in next week because yeah. I've been super excited to get you on board. 
uh, after courting a lot of a lot of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. yeah, we are super excited too to start the project here. And uh, the the ads that you saw from us was because you have also interest in sports, surfing, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why you got the surfing ads. Yeah, I mean, it had absolutely nothing to do with what you did. And I'm pretty keen to like not being tricked into bait click, but yeah. you still got me. Oh yeah. And here we are a month later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the same. I mean, like we do implement the same like success, let's say, for clients. You know, we really taking care i mean of what is going on with all our clients you know let's talk about a little bit about the entrepreneurship yeah i'd love to the something um i hear a lot about because now it's sunday it is sunday and we are sitting here and doing the podcast the important here is like mostly people ask me why and when i start like explaining maybe they don't really see it yeah do, do you have like same experience oh tell you, dude like, yeah, would, you're working now we're hard gonna, now you're gonna go i get excited man now yeah. i'm gonna get on the edge of my seat yeah <laughs> is, uh you know not to say no anybody can't do it and but people like us are, are born different mm. and uh, yeah it's sunday i'm excited to be here i'm gonna go to my office like ever since i was a kid i mean i'm a huge fan of gary v yeah and gary v's philosophy he might sometimes take it a little extreme and not ah, screw it. No, he doesn't. But yeah. um, I mean, I'd look back and whether I was taking that energy towards wanting to become a professional cyclist, right? I was in high school. I could have been the cool kid in high school, partied, all that stuff. Instead, I was, I had one goal in mind and that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the age of 13, I knew I never was going to have an office job and work for somebody else. Yeah. And I was going to have what I call an extraordinary life. And the definition of that could be a lot of things. And there's been a lot of things on my journey is, yeah, it's important to have, you know, you got to survive and there's our basic instincts and being a good person. And, you know, my thing right now is I had a hard week this week is with some staff is, you know, as an entrepreneur, you love it, man. I love it, dude. I can't, I mean, I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. The hardest part for a real entrepreneur is actually, executing to the end because there's so many things I and mean, i see a business opportunity 10 freaking times a day like oh my god we could do this do that yeah and i, and yeah. I got a back burner and then just really so i like to be the person so everyone i've hired for spin lister recently you know i farm some really good people and i sit down and like you know right now we're in the beginning stages so you're gonna be doing stuff you don't want but if you could write your job description and for three months six months nine months two years, five years, mm-hmm. or what does your life want to be like? Like, I understand most people are never going to say they love work. I love working. I love going to the office. Yeah. And I mean, my life is different. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and go to the gym, go meet um, all sorts of different things. And then, and I am probably not sustainable for most people, but I love it. No. And <clears throat> it's, it's, you have to have the why, right? Why are you doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Are you doing it because you want to prove others wrong? Are you doing it because if you're doing it just because you want to get money, yeah, you want to get rich. You know, if you want to get rich for a reason, because you want to provide for your parents and you want to give them a life that they can have, or your whoever be making much money to philanthropic things. But yeah. I mean, you got to have a, a reason why, and failure just can't be an, an option, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know. Right. But but I think but but I think the why cannot be a money alone. 
No, absolutely so, not. So, you know, they say, like, don't chase the money because I saw a lot of people, like, they're looking for just the money. 100%. You know, so then when they start, start like, working, they get tired, you know, after, like, two weeks or three weeks and they leave to do another one, you know. Yep. So this is something that I always, like, tell them, you know. For sure, I mean, nobody hates money. Yeah. You know, but the point is, what can you do that bring you back to the office on Sunday, in the morning, in the night? I mean, like answering calls, email, every time. Yeah. I mean, I think people have to find their why. You can't say like, oh, you need to, you know, is the why. I mean, it could be to prove someone, you know, someone that tells you couldn't do it. If your why is that strong, you know, everyone yeah. said you couldn't do it and you want to show that you can do it. And that's powerful enough to drive you every day. Yeah. If it's because you want to you know, leave some, leave this world different. You know, I can't wait to be in Belgium sometime next year mm-hmm. and open up the spin there app and walk half a block to get on a bike that's on spin there. I know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, it's just exciting. Like, I don't know how you do I mean, I have a lot of people around me that I can't comprehend people that are really good workers. Yeah. And when it comes to that little difference at the end, I don't have to think about it. I'm mm-hmm. getting here this morning. I mean, this is fun. This is fun for me, but, or if it's staying late, like I don't have to be like, Oh man, I have to do it. It's like, I want to do it. It's yeah. like, you know, the same philosophy of training to wanting to be an Olympic athlete or a professional athlete. I mean, whether they love training or not, mm-hmm. you know, they're why, why are they training? You know, some of these Eastern Bloc countries back in the day, they, you know, Asian countries that were forcing people to athletes, they all get burnt out, but you're, you're American Olympian, right? Yeah. Who doesn't make money. Mm-hmm. There is no money in being a track star unless the ex- rare, 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 right. you know, Usain Bolt's. And 95% of those Olympic athletes have to have day jobs to pay their bills. Yeah. Why are they doing it? You know, it's that same mentality. It's like whether it's destined for greatness or they just want to be the best or it's making a change. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. And you got to really find what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starting the story bike. Yeah. What was yours? Yeah, story bikes was just, I'd always wanted to, I love importing stuff. I love mm-hmm. designing stuff, patenting stuff. I love bikes. Mm-hmm. And always wanted, it was just, why not for that one? Like, we can yeah. do this. And I said, hey, I love, I was importing much stuff. Then I'm like, I want to have, bring in a full container this year. It was just, I was doing That's why, one. because you loved cycling, though. Yeah, it was just, that was just, the, the product didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And how do we mobilize people? How can I walk down in Venice and see someone riding my bike or we've done a lot in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara is my hometown. Yeah. And get people out there. Like, it'd be how cool would it be when I go down to the JW Marriott in Santa Monica and a friend staying there. And, oh, look, mm-hmm. there's a fleet of story bikes yeah. using a spin list or lock that we can check out for the day. Yeah. It's an opportunity you see it and then Again, by donating bikes. To exactly. I mean, that, that's what's so fun about story bikes is the philanthropic side. I mean, I get to go this mm-hmm. year. I can't wait. I mean, the, the why for that is getting to mobilize people, right? Mm-hmm. And the more we can sell, the more we can donate. Right. And it's just a great avenue to build a platform on to yeah. grow other businesses, right? You to know? helping them. I mean, to helping the others, though. Yeah, I mean, I've, we've, we've talked like, about making you know, story bikes, the whole business, a nonprofit, right. right? And just using that platform to do other things. Yeah. And, yeah. It's the same same thing, I mean, like, for me in uh, 
digital marketing was yeah what's your why why are you here well well the because you know my background though, i mean like mm-hmm. being a programmer security expert so and the ai you know but uh with marketing for, for myself personally i would learn a lot about other businesses mm-hmm. and uh running a digital marketing agency it's two I mean, it has like two advantages yeah one is you are running a business so you have those challenges yep again is you're going to be expert in marketing while i was i'm talking to business owners i mean the meeting you know and talking i mean discussing about their pain points you know the problems so i get a sense that hey i should help them mm-hmm. that's why we did a lot of workshops since day one you know since day one we had like free workshops events seminars partnership with the la chamber of commerce we did there you know so same in vwork we, mm-hmm. we've been in all vworks in california that's incredible all of them in 2018 all the vworks maybe some of them twice to do free consultation with business owners so they would come in and say like yeah we are doing this this is our product or this is our services this is what we do in marketing so we just wanted to help them and we saw a lot of businesses who are doing it totally wrong yeah they were just wasting money and even we didn't want them to become our clients yeah some of them they didn't you know some of them they don't some of them they are doing it themselves but we showed them the direction so there was a guy that was spending a lot only on pr mm. only nothing else so what type of company what is that what type of company it's an e-commerce company e-commerce. and uh so i told him and he had a great product so i told him that uh, you're spending a lot on only pr that's not the marketing so i was this explaining the marketing strategy for five hours wow you know to, to for him so usually companies don't do that they say like hey you want to learn pay us you know exactly but i was like because he also told me his story so i knew that i, I should help him Definitely. without That's any awesome. like any expectation in return you know he wanted to say like yeah how can i uh, use your services i say yeah, if you want you can come to office you know later on this is what we're going to be do you know but I told him like this is what can you can do now, to stop this and then design this strategy, you know. Because I heard about his uh, target audiences, so I mm-hmm. said I gave him some suggestion. So yeah, I mean like I think with marketing and helping businesses, because I see a lot of young entrepreneurs, you know, or individuals who come in and they starting the business even shops and stores, you mm-hmm. know, or e-commerce is now, I mean, like mostly everyone are in on uh, Shopify or selling something. Yeah. So, uh, trying to always help them again, another guy came in and said like, yeah, I have a thousand dollar. Um, and he was designing and selling t-shirts. Yeah. So, and, uh, he said, yeah, I paid 200 bucks for the, uh, photo shoots mm-hmm. or like kind of uh, free videos he yeah. bought and uh, but he didn't know what he should do in terms nice. of marketing so he said yeah i have a lot about 800 to 1000 to spend monthly and i told him listen the 800 bucks you're just gonna waste it yeah burn it yeah just burn, burn it, burn it. yeah might that's well it. burn it might yeah. as well just write, write a check to facebook and mail it to him right <laughs> yeah Save so your time. yeah to, to add ads or like Google, you know, so just you know, wasting your time, just giving yeah. them money. So I told him like, this is the story. 
you know, this is the marketing. Yeah. You know, the marketing theory is, I mean, like, these are the things that you need to have. Mm-hmm. And, for example, if your website is really bad, which was, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're spending for a great marketing, your website has going to have, a, like, low conversion. Yeah, exactly. Because it sucks. So, yeah. this is a thing you have to spend time. If you want to learn, do it yourself, which I don't advise it, you know, because it's a lot of things. Exactly. It maybe it takes like three years, four, four years for an individual to learn everything in marketing. And by that time, maybe it's changed, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was like advising him to um, not spend your money. Exactly. With, not with us, not with anyone else. Yeah. And if anyone told you, yeah, we can do great for you with, with 500 bucks or yeah, let us do your... They're just trying to get your money. Yeah, they, they're going to just try to get your money though yeah so i think that that's a great lead into like you're saying entrepreneurs is i can't say i've always been like this but as you know one for you it's adding value man you know you've been doing this for a while you've had ups and downs you have a lot of knowledge one it's fun to help people even though you can learn from someone from that and i think that's why you're doing this how can you add this is from a marketing side no one's going to follow you on social media or anything anymore unless they just you know unless you're adding them value to their lives and also as an entrepreneur, you have to, you know, check your ego at the door. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. in the process right now of putting people around me that I trust and can tell me no, and I'm going to let them go. I'm going to bring you on board. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, Mark, that's a terrible freaking idea. And I'm not going to fight you on it because I know you. Exactly. You know what you're doing. I've yeah. done enough research background to trust you in that. Yeah. And surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. And then like with all these partnerships I'm doing with other bike shops and another thing is the whole, a lot of entrepreneurs tend to be like schemers and hustlers too, mm-hmm. right? And right. There's, a, there's, a, there's a balance for that. I think there's a good balance. And like how I like to live all life, whether it's interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. with family, friends, loved ones, or business relationships. And I think you nailed it on the head right there with them. It's like with all these bike partnerships, the League of American Bicyclists, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, stuff that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, Professional Mechanics Association, I'm looking at the partnership first. How, what value can I bring them? Right. right. How can I help the League of American Bicyclists thrive? How can exactly. I help the small bike shop thrive? And then by doing that, how, what value can I bring them? The value is going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and then life is going to come back. I mean, and working it backwards like that, doing the next indicator right thing versus saying, ooh, let me like make it sound like I'm going to help this bike blog blow up. But the first thing I'm going to do is make them drive me traffic so I mm-hmm. make money and and then they don't do well. I got to help that bike blog thrive. I got to help that bike shop thrive. And by yeah. growing all of those and seeing how can we utilize our strengths to grow them mm-hmm. and then and that's on the business side, that's just going to naturally come back in time. Yeah. So. The karma in business. Yeah, not just it's karma, but it's actually logistical too. It's just what works, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you're scheming, and it's gonna come back to bite you in the butt. Yeah, yeah. The ego that you said, because a witness. Oh yeah. Some ego uh, business owners, especially that, in LA. Yeah. Well, well, we're looking at the Hollywood sign. I think we're in the home of ego. Right yeah. There. I think yeah. ego originated where. It, so it was living in Dubai though. That was. Ego another ego <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ego's contagious it's everywhere yeah yeah uh, so uh, i witnessed a lot of great people who fail just because of their ego 100 percent, all the time and 
I would say maybe they became aware later on, but they weren't at the time. Yep. And uh, they really got hurt because of the ego, you know. And um, even though we were like in a meeting, you know, I would say like exactly this is something that you should do. And this is exactly something that's going to happen in two months mm-hmm. if you follow this path. Well, they couldn't, I mean, maybe believe it or, you know. Yeah. We're, me versus their ego. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, no, that's, I mean, I used to have ego. I still have ego. You just got to learn. We to all it. have. Yeah. Especially we as have you, to you make wouldn't it. be on, you know, you're wise in ego, right? Yeah. But you got to know when to check it at the door. Right. And that's probably one of the most Because we know things. it ourselves. We know. You know, we it. know, yeah. I mean, if someone like, I, you could come in, I don't know about all this marketing strategy. You're telling mm. me this, telling me that. My ego could say, F that I'm gonna prove it wrong. I'm mm. gonna do you know, my, I'm gonna do my strategy. But I'm gonna double down on my strategy. Yeah, maybe I'm right. Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. And then, and then even when you do fail, humble yourself to say, hey, come back. And I mean, failures. Are, I mean, this is so cliche. I sound like a motivational speech, but like mm. taking the. I mean, the best way to learn is to fail, right? Yeah. And try again, try again, because and, you keep just learning. You just learn, man. Yeah. I think you never fail. You learn. I think you, you never, never fail. I, I love that phrase. Yeah. Because if you see, I mean, both me and you, I'm yeah. sure it's your life or the way that you think is the same. That I yeah, think, very know? similar. So, yeah, the let's say the past two years mm-hmm. of your life, in our business, oh, each yeah. one of us, we could say like we failed like six months ago. Totally. But we haven't failed. No. You know, we learned and then we make that works again. Exactly. I love this one. I just yeah. you can you haven't failed until you quit. Yeah. Yeah. So we've and never, usually, we've never because failed. you keep just learning. Yeah. And Failure then, is when you quit. Right. If you quit, you failed. Something might not work. Something yeah. might go horrendously wrong. But as long as you get back up, learn from it, proceed, you haven't failed yet. Right. And I think it's gonna be maybe harder to learn after you quit. Mm-hmm. If you quit, maybe it would gonna be really harder to learn because you're gonna learn at the moment that you're challenging yourself yep you know that's the time that you grow you know exactly this is what i think i mean and what i see oh yeah because any time that we can say like hey we might gonna fail now mm-hmm. you know especially for entrepreneurs oh yeah every day i mean like in the morning like I open my eyes and say like okay now i have to do this do that do that and the others otherwise we all know that we might get failed but it's just keep learning and how to improve this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or another thing that I hear is like, they say, um, I get, I've been interviewed uh, from a medium.com blogger. And he asked me, how can you make bold decisions and how can you make sure that your decision is right? Mm-hmm. And I said, we might know that our decision is right, but we're never sure maybe you know sometimes we do i mean for obvious things but when you are designing the strategy of your business yeah for the next five years you never know you say like this is going to be the best choice now no one can predict the future i mean some some of these big companies i think they have some new pr campaign and they post their new viral video Mm. and it crashes and it everyone takes it the wrong way and their yeah. stock plummets 20% in 24 hours right. because they offended half the United States with their new promotional video. Mm. Or maybe it goes the opposite. I mean, yeah. nobody knows. 
Yeah, but I think maybe some entrepreneurs get sad, you know, let's emotions take over. Yeah. That's why it's going to get harder. Exactly. You know, when, mm-hmm. when the bad, if the decision goes wrong, mm-hmm. they would say like, oh, maybe my, all my decisions goes wrong. Yeah. And that's where you do have to have an ego to be an entrepreneur. If you didn't have confidence in yourself yeah. to pick yourself back every time you fail and, and want it that bad. Right. Then you are just going to like yeah. forfeit and yeah. give up. No one wants that. No one wants that. Otherwise, they would like quit like maybe a month after they oh, yeah. start. Yeah. Probably. We yeah. see it a lot. What cracks me up is when someone's like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and be an entrepreneur. Mm. Okay. Define that. Exactly. What, tell me what you've done in the last 20 years of your life. Yeah. Like people that are like, oh, I can't pay my bills. I mean, any, I could think of 15 ways morally and ethically and legally mm. to with a $200 to make $10,000 this week. Mm. It's not scalable. Yeah. It'd be one time, but you know, find a product, sell it, find an, I mean, there's, I mean, Gary V, uh, Gary V style, man. I mean, yeah. shit, you, go, go to the thrift store, buy a bike for yeah. 10 bucks and put it on spin lister and don't just put it on there go to craigslist market it stand at the freaking beach and yeah. tell people to rent it out i mean i remember one time years ago in the economy i mean i was you know i was like how am i gonna pay my bills this month right mm-hmm. and it was maybe in november it was the beginning of november this happened and uh, i found a cool product and i did one hundred fifty thousand dollars in sales before christmas mm-hmm. you know and this there's opportunities everywhere. People say I have no money. I mean, I know I sound like Gary Vee, but it's just so true, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's I, so true. I was at the waterfront yesterday. I never go out in Santa Monica, and there's just a million people. Yeah. You know, and they all complain about having money. There's ten million ways to make money right. right now, dude. And they don't have time. Bullshit. You don't have time. Me and you work have hundred hours a week easily each. I'm sure. Yeah. And I still have fun. I still have life. So. Yeah. Even though it's really huge, I mean, like when I see people, maybe they, I mean, Google itself, it's crazy. Just think of it, you know, or internet and Google. I would say like people would should stay on their Mac or their PC every day and for like ten minutes just look at Google and say like, wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, dude. The internet. I did that just yesterday. Everything is there. Because I did that last every night. Every time man. I'm like I'm searching something, say so like, wow, all the information I need. Everything. I can well, find no. Every, anything I want. Your laptop right here. I mean, I did it last night. I had to set up set up a payment for our for something. I whipped out my laptop. I'm like mm. this laptop right here. Everything that lives inside of it. Everything it connects it to. Yeah. I'm running. You know, a business. My personal life. Everything is all in this little right. box. And now with of mobile me. though. With and our phone. My phone. Yeah. I, mean, I could. You could run a million dollar business on your exactly. freaking phone. Yeah. You know. You got call? Oh no! Sorry, I get I'm distracted. No. My Slack is blowing up on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, you're some. I got my people. Here. I get. I want people that don't have to work on Sunday and they're so excited. They're slacking me on a Sunday, and I'm doing a good job of that. Oh yeah. Okay, oh um, man. Well, something about the uh, the spin lister. Tell me about more about the uh, surfboards, ski. Yeah, so that we're toning that down, and that's where I really was getting exciting. This mm-hmm. is network. So we're actually focusing on where it says peer to peer. It's more like industry leader, you know, so we're partnering with a couple other companies. We're going to probably kind of take ski and surf down, but maybe mm-hmm. find like one surf guy that's doing it right. 
and then it'll be integrated with spinless our community our experiences mm-hmm. and then stay in our stay in our lane but we I mean we have the software to do anything I mean shoot yeah. someone came to me tomorrow and you're like man I want to do peer-to-peer polo shirts yeah I want to be able to learn my polo. Oh, none of my polo shirts I have the internet I mean and that's a terrible example but you know, staying in the, I mean, your same person running a bike is the same person probably running a stand-up paddleboard for the most part or running outdoor gear equipment or whatever. So mm. <clears throat> that's one thing we'll talk about on Thursday too is like right now there's not a lot of listings in those spaces. It was something they launched briefly before I took over. And, you know, you get someone on the website for the first time. Mm-hmm. They click on surfboards. They click on LA and there's like two. They're never coming back. So you got to make sure that first experience is a good experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the 2019, really tough year, right? 2019 Spinal is going to be a huge year. Yeah. Huge year. And everything going on, two-thirds of them can fail, and we'll still be on track for a great year. So we're excited. Okay, great. Is there any, like, tip or something you want to say to your to the listeners? Tip or something I want to say. I think I found my favorite <laughs> You never fail until you quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my tagline for this yeah. podcast. Because I'm not failing on this one, man. There's no way, no chance. Yeah. You know, that's my why. Failing is not an option right me, for me right yeah. now. Never has been, never will be. And for this one, now and anything I do in the future, it's... Mm-hmm. I know it's the same thing. I mean, but it's tough. I mean, I think we entrepreneurs, they do a lot of sacrifices. No. Oh, 100%. You know, and then um, that's why we're both single sitting here. Yeah, <laughs> almost I mean, half of LA are in a brunch. You know, Dude, like, it's St. Patrick's Day too right now. I'm getting is invited it? to St. Patrick's Day <laughs> pool parties. You know, most people are already who knows how drunk. Yeah, I just now. and I keep forgetting everything though. I mean, like the, oh, I always forget. I was I remember uh, it was uh, Thanksgiving and I was in the office and uh, there was nobody here. I would say like, what happened? I mean, is it the building is shutting down. <laughs> we, we know it is here, though. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, that's hilarious. And then, uh, I love it. Yeah, and I, I saw the it. email came from a WeWork and yeah. said like, "Yeah, we're gonna the building gonna be closed. I mean, you can still use our offices, yeah, you know, but there would be no people here." Yeah. So, oh, that's great. And then same all. I mean, the uh, Christmas. Oh yeah. Every year at Christmas, I'm traveling somewhere to for a meeting. Yeah. Last year it was in uh, San Francisco. I had a meeting. Yeah. And then I was driving to San Francisco. But you love it, don't you? Yeah, great. You love it. Yeah. That's what differentiates yeah. us. Like it, it took 11 hours from LA to San Francisco because of the traffic. And I got there and I remember um, the CEO of that company yeah. came down, opened the door, building was full, empty, you know? And he said, yeah, everybody are on vacation. And I knew it because yeah. it's me and him, you know, yeah, to have I mean, a meeting. The biggest conversation, and you know this, I mean, people want to make it. The big dogs I get to talk to, the CEOs of major companies that I'm in conversations with, their emails come in at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday, yeah. 6 in the morning on a Sunday. It's not 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, man. Yeah. You're never going to make it work at 9 to 5. <laughs> 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> End yeah. of story. Right. Right. <laughs> End of the story here. Okay, great. All Anything right. else you want to add? That's for it, man. I, don't know, I think we'll uh, okay. We'll add it. We're gonna add have there, we're gonna have all the uh, while we're talking. I mean, like we're gonna add the pictures cool, yeah. and like the websites of the spinners. Yeah, by the time this launches, the new spin there app will be up. Yeah, which operates separate than. So spin we're gonna Lister. add it also in the description, yep. so that you can click, click, and then download um, it. Story bikes, 
we'll get a store bags promo code anyone that wants to get a okay and we're gonna do a cool you know anyone that wants to rent out a story bike on spin list we got a cool promotion coming up too so, okay yeah great thank you for coming hey, it's man, really great having, having you man. here thank All you right. thanks